0: Broadcasting from across the North American continent of the Terran Empire, bringing you our unpopular Star Trek opinions since 2020, this is Code 47. Returning again
1: to your earlobes, this is the Code 47 podcast on the Secret Friends Unite Podcasting network. Uh we've been in a quandary. We've missed uh, two episodes. We had tech we had tech issues in the first one. We had some further extending tech issues on the second one. Um and Rich and I are returning um to host with you with no further tech issues uh to be found, certainly. So anyway, Rich, uh how the heck are you today?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, there's soaking up this uh this COVID uh quarantine. My goodness. Yeah. So real briefly, Rich, uh, what's your, what's your, what's your COVID story? Uh, my wife was, uh, was tested positive for COVID, uh, Monday of last week and her symptoms started on Friday the week before. So when she tested positive, the doctors told her 10 days, I tested negative that same day that she tested positive, And then we've been basically quarantining for the last, you know, week or so. And uh, she's been, we live in a three level house. We have a basement, a main floor and an upstairs. The upstairs area has, you know, our bedroom, bathroom, that sort of thing. And like a little like kind of like family room thing. So she's been living up there for the last week. And I've been living basically in the basement and cooking meals on the main floor for her, putting them on the stairs, like, you know. Like Mm -hmm. she's in like like she's the monster (laughs) in the attic thing, you know. So do you work the pulleys? Yeah, I I wish. You you know, a dumb waiter would be great. I would would would. love to have a dumb waiter right now, but it doesn't work so yeah right you just don't have there's no way to get it from the top floor to the bottom floor
1: so still had to do it manually and then i'm sure you'd put on your hazmat your your hazmat suit your wakening <laughs> suit and get 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 on out there and do that so oh man well yeah. and, and it sounds like things are starting to wind down the quarantine's going to end yep. uh, so that you guys can kind of go back to normal so that that's tough and uh, it, it is. it is And especially since you guys, you know, you guys were both vaccinated and everything was up to date, but just prove that, you know, prove that in the, you know, in this day and time, it's still so very dangerous.
0: Yeah. I mean, not even that we've, we're vaccinated, but we also take like massive amounts of precautions. We're still sanitizing. We're still wearing masks everywhere that we go, even though we're vaccinated, we, you know, we believe in being part of the solution, not part of the problem. Right. Right. Exactly. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, if I were to have contracted it, and even if I didn't get sick, I wouldn't want to put that on somebody else, you know, least gotcha. of all my my kids, but, you know, like anybody else even, you know, exactly even strangers
1: that I don't know, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't really want someone else to get sick and potentially die. So, right. you know, it's it seems pretty basic, but I digress. Yeah.
0: I don't um, want that on my conscience. <laughs>
1: no doubt. No doubt about it. So we're going to do a little change up this week. We're going to uh, jump and talk about the news first. Uh, we're going to dip into the next segment of Lower Decks next. And then we have uh, a great segment uh, in Infinite Diversity talking about an all-time classic from Deep Space Nine. So uh, first and foremost, I'll grab this first story since, Rich, I know that you are not quite the aficionado of Star Trek Enterprise because the episodes that you've watched have been kind of because of of our recommendations. I think we've done a few here and there. and
0: Yeah, I'm, I've watched the first season. And the You've the watched the seven- first season? Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. 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 That gotcha. was back when we were doing the big chunks of the seasons, the big chunks, right? Yeah. Exactly. So right. I, I watched the first season of Enterprise during that period. Now, of course, I need to get back to it, which I suppose I should have done in the quarantine. But you know, I was right. busy with Spider Man at that point. So
1: I know I understand. Yeah, you mentioned to me that you were catching you were catching up on Spider Man, and I actually read a couple recently myself because I used to subscribe, and then I transitioned back to Marvel Unlimited, and so now I'm trying to catch up. And I think I'm about to start the latest arc, is the the Chameleon Conspiracy or something. I was about oh. ready to jump into that
0: that one's boring but then there's the sinister war <laughs> arc that comes yeah it what? took me a while to get through that, that that chameleon conspiracy bit but then the 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 sinister war thing Bang up, man. I loved it. It was fantastic. It's all My leading up goodness. to Nick Spencer's last issue. Next
1: oh, season. man. We're giving you a little taste of, of the comic book love that you, you would also hear <laughs> on over on Secret Friends. So, yeah, there you well, go. Go listen you, to Secret Friends. There you go. Listen to Secret <laughs> Friends. There'd be a lot more comic book talk than just here. But no, this, fir- this first story actually hits on the fact that t- today when we're recording, September 26th, obviously 2021, there, Rich, I dated us, sorry, but That's it's fine. relevant, uh, is, the, is the 20th anniversary to the dot of the launch of the Star Trek Enterprise series back in 2001 i believe it was a monday night show because you know how the calendar obviously rotates through but i seem to remember it was like it was like a monday show uh and i was very eager for it i mean i had been a watch it and record it uh star trek viewer since high school uh when i didn't do it my, my mother very graciously did it for me back at home <laughs> when i was away at school uh it was a it's a running joke between todd and i um but uh this was a show but by this point i was out in the real world you know i had a job and all this different stuff but i was still super duper dedicated to watching this and i remember earlier in the spring that year we got oh here's going to be some of the characters i was super excited about it so you know the show debuted the first episode is called broken bow in reference mm-hmm. to the um The for, you know, one of the very earliest episodes uh, er, or scenes in the episode about a a Klingon who crashes his escaped craft in a cornfield in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and things kind of go nuts from there. So I love the first episode, less the super over sexualized part of the decon chamber. Rich, I'm sure you remember what I'm talking about. (laughs) yeah. That was very <laughs> – and it's funny because this this blurb that we're looking at is uh, is a, an interview with Scott Bakula, who, of course, was the star of the show as Captain Archer, talking about uh, how wrestling with the network uh, was challenging because something like that decon chamber where you had scantily clad both women and then later on men seems very networky, You know yeah. what I mean? Particularly back yeah. in that day, it's very gimmicky. It's very look-at-me. Um, and, it, and it's just not very Star Trek. You know, Star Trek doesn't, doesn't overly sexualize or at least – past TOS past TOS you know it's not it's not quite so you know I don't want to use an expression that would express what I'm thinking about but I think you know what I mean it's not quite that painting it in that fashion
0: well I mean I'm looking at Deanna Troy and Seven of Nine but sure other than that probably not
1: you're right yes exactly other than that but yeah there just seemed to be a lot on this show that's you know trying to appeal to that which you know he refers to a lot of a lot of corporate corporate wrestling that he had to do Mm -hmm. Um, and then And yeah, so the show, and again, I know someday, Rich, I'm sure you'll get around to it, uh, had kind of an uneven first season, had a pretty uneven second season. And then, you know, 9-11 hit at, at, you know, just prior to the beginning of the first season. And what this article goes on to talk about, this interview with Scott Bakula, is how that shaped and colored things that followed within the series. And again, season one and season two, there are a lot of your just run of the mill, like it's lather, rinse and repeat kind of Star Trek stories. But when they get to the end of season two, they, they bring in a very on-the-nose 9-11 comparison with an, an alien race known as Zindi that, sh- that sends a probe to Earth. It fires yeah. a laser beam uh, into the planet's surface, cuts this big swath of destruction, and many, many million people die. And then the Enterprise has to go on this hunting mission to find mm-hmm. them. And, and, and the hunting mission takes all of Season 3. Oh, um, okay. And I, I found Season 3 to be great. I liked it. They even snuck in a couple of cool little stories here and there, there was, you know, they they visited kind of a cowboy planet at one point and and there was like a reason, no, there was a reasonable explanation for what that meant. Okay. Um, um, And it had, it had kind of a super cool conclusion that was, I think the last two episodes of season three and the first two episodes of season four uh, kind of all married together and kind of into kind of a super movie, uh, (laughs) which which I dug. And then season four itself, which they took on a new showrunner and they took on uh, some new writers that really paid a little bit more homage to TOS and some other things related to Star Trek. Season four really started to cook, but it was kind of like too little too late Yeah, Uh, because you had had, you know, this dynasty of Star Trek that had been going on for almost 15 years and uh, people were just kind of sick of it sure. overall, particularly because it was on a network. You, you didn't really have the benefit of the syndication where things can run in different time spots. And this was even back in a time when time spots mattered because to the way that, that April and I watch TV, it doesn't matter at all. Right. Um, it's right. just, you know, it's, it's, it just, you watch stuff when you want to watch stuff. So um, I enjoyed the show, but yeah, definitely what this article is talking about is that, that nine, nine eleven obviously really, Painted the craft uh, of what they did in in season three, and I find it to be very watchable. Again, I watched it. Uh, I watched it from the jump. I also have kind of these Star Trek covered glasses that I, I see things generally in a pretty favorable light. Um, but I can definitely tell you that I understand why the show got canceled, and the first two seasons were were very much lather, rinse, and repeat. You don't have a story sure. that that you say to me, "Hey Charlie, what's your favorite story in the first half of season two? And I can't. Right. I might be able to answer that like I might try,, yeah. but as far as kind of regular run of, the, it's a show that a lot of Star Trek fans that I bump into just you know online or certainly when we do when we do comic cons and conventions uh, for the fan club that that we just don't bump into yeah. um, so
0: where um I mean where, where do you sit with any of that you've seen the first season I've seen the first season i I think the main reason why i didn't watch Enterprise when it first aired is because of 9-11. We have, we have a lot of family in New York. Like my Mm -hmm. whole family comes from New York city, Manhattan. Right. Specifically. And you know, that was, that was a, that kind of changed the way I viewed things. Do you know what I mean? Like it changed the way it changed the way I chose to be entertained, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't remember watching anything after 9-11 until probably December or January of the of of the last half of twenty eleven or twenty oh one and twenty oh two, and I think that's I think that's why I didn't pick up on this because I had been okay. I would watched Voyager, I had watched um, TNG, I would watched Original, I hadn't watched DS nine, which right. we talked about, but which is of course is changing, but but I mean. That coupled with the the look of the show, to me, not jiving with where things would eventually go with TOS, kind of put me off of it. And now that you know, now hearing what you're talking about with season three, it sounds like kind of a ham ham-handed way to handle a reaction ham, to 9 11. Yeah, ham-handed the like, again. They were with the ham hands yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, again with the ham hands. So, yeah, so so i mean i'm i'm still going to watch it obviously i want to watch it i want to kind of see how that was handled i think that i think that as a nation you know the united states spent a lot of time mourning what happened and reacting to it with our art right mm-hmm. so this is i mean obviously no exception but i think there i think there comes a point where If you're doing a 9-11 allegory for an entire 26-episode season, I think people are going to get tired of it, you know? I think it's going to be more of a, you know, you want to have like a movie about it. You want to have like, you know, that Adam Sandler, Rain Over Me movie, right? Sure. mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. two hours. We can spend two hours talking about it, but then you need there to be some escapism as well Mm -hmm. and you need to take on other things. It's just that that was the biggest thing at the time, you know? Right. Very true. Very true it's still I mean, it still is very large in our in our national psyche, so
1: right and 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 understandably probably always will be. so i I completely mm-hmm. get it. so, yeah, you know, and I enjoyed the show, but again again, it had its time. It was a product of its time and then and then Star trek took a a long hibernation uh, on the television screen. and then we circled back to uh, what we've had since twenty seventeen, which is kind of a, a birth of. Star Trek shows that kind of Mm -hmm. embrace a new format uh, and are kind of going in different directions, including what we have uh, for our next story, which we are we're just a few weeks away. Uh, from seeing, um, just under a month away, the October 28th debut. So that's, uh, yeah. that, is, that is a month and two days, um, since I already mentioned when we're recording. <laughs> um, but of, the, uh, you know, of, of Star Trek Prodigy, which is going to be available uh, on the Nickelodeon brand, over on Paramount+. Plus. Right. Uh, and we did get some kind of fun character posters. So we're seeing uh, the character uh, of Dal. Uh, this is the USS uh, Protostar crew. And again, I don't know if this got lost in between that we talked about. Um, you know, there's been a trailer out there now. We've got a better look at this sh- of the ship. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've got we've got character posters now of, of Dal, who's Brett Gray. Uh, Gwyn, who is uh, Elena, uh, er- Ella Purcell. Uh, Zero is Agnes Emery. Uh, Jackum Pog is. Jason Madsukas, one of my favorites. Uh, so I'm kidding. So you've got Murph and uh, D, D. Bradley Baker, who kind of stole the show in a lot of ways off that panel, just doing his voice work. My God, over on Star Trek Day, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, cra- it was crazy stuff. So um, uh, Rock Tech is uh, uh, Riley uh, Alec. Was, uh, oh my God, I can't say this name. She's the daughter of the guy who is a Taco Bell dog. Alec, help me out here, buddy.
0: I let me see if I can find the name in the thing here.
1: In uh, the first period, Ella Quazari. Oh my gosh, I'm so I'm embarrassed. I feel like it's on tip uh, of my tongue. Alice Rocky, Alice Rocky.
0: Thank you. Oh my gosh. Uh,
1: and then naturally, the uh, holographic version of our own Catherine Janeway, Kate Mulgrew. So <laughs> my
0: my space baby mama.
1: My, you're, you're <laughs> <laughs> So she she's she's that as to the uh, uh, as to what Aaron always had to say about uh, Anson Mount. Yeah, th-
0: like <laughs> this Catherine nice Janeway. Sir- yeah, uh, Catherine Janeway, circa Voyager. Man, I loved her. There was something would, about would, a woman would it, in command. Man,
1: <laughs> would have made your uh, would have made your sci-fi hall pass list if there was such a thing.
0: I so- would have made her coffee every day.
1: No, Rich. I didn't know. That's that is that is some that is some fascinating character insight into into Rich Davenport. <laughs> I, I I I appreciate you sharing. So, sure. uh, Rich, is this something? Is this show something you're excited with to expose to your son?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it. he he likes lower decks, so I'm sure that Prodigy will be something he'll be enjoying. Um, right. I'm sure well, I'll expose him to it. I'm 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 desperate to get that kid into Star Trek mainline. I mean, right. he's Ten, he's going on eleven. Now's right. the time, man. You it'll know, it'll happen. Time.
1: It'll uh, happen. You know, yeah. if you think about yourself, because you had it was your godmother who kind of got you into Star Trek, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. And yep. were you right, were you right around that same
0: age, ten, eleven, or was it older, younger? Um, I would have been I think the first time I ever watched Star Trek, I must have been seven or eight years old. Okay, gotcha. So, so not, I was a little not, younger, but not not by much, you not know? dramatically. So, and then uh, for me, as I'm sure
1: I've mentioned, uh, my parents were Star Trek viewers in the dorms in Central Michigan University back in the late 1960s when it was on. Uh, right. They watched they watched it together. Not that they were two giant nerds like you know us, uh, <laughs> but that, but still, it was it was something that you know that they enjoyed, and uh, that carried forward to you know obviously when I was born in the. In and in the early 1980s, so when I was seven, eight years old, maybe a little younger, you know, TOS reruns were on the, you know, one of the local broadcast stations. Uh, and then when we got around to um, 1986, which is when I was 10, is when Star Trek IV came out. Uh, and that was the first film I saw kind of in the theater uh, or can really okay. remember having a solid seeing it in the theater. And that made me a big fan. And then you know the the subsequent fall is when is when I was 11 and then junior high is when uh, TNG came on and then at sure. that point it was it was kind of all over for me so yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah so we're, we're talking in that age range of what you described between like seven and eight and like 10 11 for me that yeah. that kind of puts him smack in the middle and then this again being a Nickelodeon program can skew even younger so it's yeah. it's it's smart marketing and I I get the feeling you'll end up being successful you know get, so. get, get, getting so. him into the mix so
0: I think what they might need to do at some point is make a young adult Star Trek show that's not animated. Make something like, my, my Miles likes to watch like live action young adult shows now. Okay. So if they did something like that, I think it's over at that point. I think he's got, I think they've got him they've kind of yeah. pushed them over the edge. Yeah, exactly. Understood. He gotcha. teeters. So, now he I have te- a question about Prodigy. What sure. I, I thought the ship, I thought the ship was the Voyager. I thought it was like the Voyager F or something like that. I I I mean it is it's not because it says right. right here whatever it is.
1: I am I'm very interested to see how they coordinate the setting because time-wise it's supposed to be maybe a couple of years after Lower Decks, which as we know, Almost immediately follows nemesis, putting it at the year 2380, 2381. And this is supposed to be 2382 or three or four. Um, But this looks like a very advanced ship that has crashed on a planet in the Delta Quadrant still. And when it gets found, Catherine Catherine Janeway is a hologram on there. I have a theory that literally just popped into my head. Okay. In, in watching Voyager, and see if you can remember this, once Voyager through the, uh, the Pathfinder array gets regular contact with Earth in season six, season six yeah. and season seven, yeah. they're getting regular data packets from Starfleet. And one of the, one of the mess, one of the, uh, no, 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 you know what? Scrap that, go, all, go even further back. You remember when actor Ray Wise guessed it as an alien that tried to dupe the crew and, and dump them into the Borg by faking his ship? As yeah. being a Starfleet ship. Yep. Yep. Well, he did that by taking this corrupted data stream and and making it sound like they found a way for them to get home if they jump on the ship. Or when the data stream said, "Sorry, we can't find a way to get you home, but we have uh, three deep space vessels." on their way to you, and if you're successful, they could coordinate with you. I could be mixing the two together, but at some point, it was the same Admiral character, Admiral, not Admiral Handsome, but Admiral such and such. You saw him in a bunch, of, you saw him in a few different episodes, said, yeah. we've got a couple of ships that are going in your direction, and you should be able to connect with them in maybe 10 years. Right. So, here's Charlie's theory. One of those ships crashes on some weird planet, sits there for 10 or so years, and then these aliens find it, and Janeway happens to be the hologram that's on board. How does the Janeway hologram get on board? Well, Starfleet put it there. I mean, they they programmed it there uh, before it, you know, left the Alpha Quadrant. Oh, I I, I don't know. we'll, okay. we'll see. We'll, we'll <laughs> okay. see. I just literally it just kind of. I thought I thought of those three, two or three ships that are on their way to the Delta Quadrant and yep. one of them gets lost or whatever or they finally you know or maybe they don't get very far at all because voyager gets home you know a couple seasons later or whatever right. uh, but but one of them got lost and crashed on this planet and then gets found so i, I, I just there could be a million different explanations that'll yeah. that, that, that yeah. would be i would say the thing i'm the most curious
0: about yeah, definitely. I I, I want to know. It's it doesn't even. It's not the same class as Voyager either, is it?
1: No, no. It's a different. It's obviously yeah. a star Starfleet looking ship because it's got you know it's got the saucer section. It's got the two engine nacelles, and it's got yeah. the engineering hull that just very much looks like. The vast majority of Starfleet ships. So right. yeah, it's it's totally Starfleet, but yeah, it's not uh, it's not not Voyager. It could be that would make a heck of a lot more sense, but right. I don't know, kind of here I mean, we it's, are. It,
0: it does have that Voyager arrowhead saucer, right? The, the, right. Uh, that's um, Enterprise, kind, D, or Enterprise. that kind of Enterprise E one, right? Yeah. Yes, I think so. I would
1: have to go back and study it, but yeah. I, I'm I'm excited about this uh, about this you know concept. I really do want to know how it got there. That it does be, have
0: an NX de- designation too.
1: Oh, which would make it an uh, an experimental vessel like the like the Excelsior was in Star Trek Three, right. or like the Defiant was the whole time that it was around. So yeah, yeah totally. Huh, okay. All right. Well, uh, things to be solved in 32 days, um, <laughs> but in the time in between, uh, final story is we have some images. Uh, for, and this is this is just a little this is just a little snippet. Uh, we have some new images that showed up on Twitter within the last week or so uh, that are some different video and different stuff from Star Trek Picard. And it's looking like uh, you know you remember what we saw from the trailer that uh, Q shows up and he says, you know what, I want to give you something fun to do, so I am going to go up and screw up history back in the year. I read this they they set the current day segment of it in twenty nineteen as opposed to twenty twenty one, so that COVID is not a part of it. Ah, uh, <laughs> nice. No, I'm serious. Isn't that, isn't that, I mean, that's smart, right? I mean, that, that is actually, smart. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. actually, you know, does make sense. But, you know, kind of scrolling through some of these images, it looks like they've done a, they're going to be giving us back, you know, some very traditional, uh, 24th century, um, uh, kind of style. The old, you know, the old L- uh, uh, the LCRS and the L cars colors that you would see on all the panels. This look, they yeah. even look brighter and a little bit more vibrant. But, um, as you scroll through this, you're getting a lot of, um, you're getting a lot of clicks and, uh, you know, uh, uh, homages like, uh, you know, they're in a bar and there's a sign that says Arcanus Lager, which is a planet, which is a Klingon planet that they fought about in DS9. Uh, the old, the old boatswain's whistle, which I think is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff that is very, you know, TNG ish. And then you have a weird alien trying to eat his uh, bagged lunch at the, at the bottom in <laughs> his last one. So good old craft uh,
0: services. The, the. That thing here, the uh, that that neon sign, they're saying that's from the that's from the bar in Star Trek Three, where McCoy gets or McCoy approaches that uh, that one backwards talking alien.
1: Right, exactly. Well, which would make sense because I think the while the episode did get or while the planet got a mention in DS Nine, I believe it got a mention obviously back in TOS because otherwise, how would it have shown up? Or that's maybe true. it's maybe it's just this much of an Easter egg that this was the only the the first and only appearance of it before DS9 was this weird sign in uh in Star Trek Three. So that's a question for memory alpha because now I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> now now I do want to know. So uh yeah and we are seeing Star Trek Picard in February, I believe was the Too long to too it. long. That's we're too seeing long. we're seeing it in a period of too long. Yeah. Um but the thing is the time will will absolutely fly by. I promise
0: you that much. That's true. We do have like the holidays and you know I know, Things, and then it'll thi- be. It, of course, Picard will keep us nice and warm during the Great Great Beast February. So,
1: no, <laughs> I was born in February. That's my birth month, and people always people always crap on it. But you know what? I don't. I don't really blame them. It's okay.
0: Um, well, my so, son was born on February fourteenth. So,
1: oh, that my I, my my, my son, my my late son, uh, that was also his birthday, um, oh. and. Uh, Miranda's little boy also has that birthday. So that is a, oh, cool. uh, that's a killer birthday day. So I will, I will always honor Valentine's day as a birthday. I think that that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. I love it. So, well, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's segue into talking about Star Trek lower decks. And uh, I will admit we have not had a lot of great things to say about this show uh, in its, in its sophomore season. Um, you know, and we've been in agreement that it's become pretty, I, I hate to use the expression cause it's too corny. It's become kind of sophomoric, uh, yeah. and image and immature, uh, in its season two. But, uh, let, you know what, let's jump into this season, right? You know what? I've been doing way too much talking. so rich, do you want to, you want to drive the boat for a little while and talk about this episode?
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. So this, uh, this episode has, uh, Boimler and, um, Mariner Mariner, they are stuck on a planet. With a megalomaniacal um, robot or a computer, Mm -hmm. Um, Agamas, is it? Yes. Yes. I believe so. Yeah. Played by Jeffrey Combs.
1: Oh, you know, if I can interject, I (laughs) am, um, and I had, I don't know if I was talking to you about this or I was talking to somebody else, but I said, I am so embarrassed that (laughs) watching this at like 5.20 in the morning, because April night, we get up early because the cats get us up, the dog has to go out, and we're like, we're up, we're going to watch our morning show. I... Had a feeling he was coming on. I knew he was coming on. Watched this whole episode and all I was thinking was... Why is that voice so familiar? I'm so, <laughs> so embarrassed. But you know what? I'm also a, pain, a painfully honest person. I'm, I'm coming out. I'm I'm laying my sins out on the table. Um, <laughs> that uh, that I, I can't believe I didn't know it was him. But anyway, please go on.
0: That's okay. No, no. They, yeah, I, it took me a little while to figure out who it was too. And I actually, I had to go uh, and research it a little bit because it was bugging me too. I couldn't. Oh, good. It. Well, they, yeah. Misery loves company. Thanks. Misery loves company. Yeah, absolutely. So they. They are trying to figure out a way to get off the planet because their communications have been destroyed. Uh, They don't have any water. Meanwhile, the evil computer is trying to get them to plug him into the mainframe on the shuttlecraft that they were on. Was it a shuttlecraft that they were on? They they were on a regular shuttlecraft. I mean, it looked... Marginally different, but yeah, right. it looked like
1: it, it looked like TNG ish, so it okay. kind of fit the bill. Yeah,
0: okay. So there, he's trying to get them to plug them into that, or plug him into that, and eventually Boimler has to trick Mariner into letting letting him plug the evil computer into only the homing beacon, only the mm-hmm. only the communications. And while this is all happening, the Chief Engineer is that the chief yeah. engineer? okay, he
1: is. Yeah, and his name is. Oh my God, I'm not going to remember his name. It doesn't it's, really matter. Come on, <laughs> right?
0: Okay, Billups. His, name is Billups. Okay, his Billups. name is Billups. okay, name is Billups. All right, so he. It turns out he actually is um, a member of a species that, or it's they're human, right? Are they human? They're just a bunch really? of humans that like to cosplay. Humanoid, yeah. It's, Humanoid, I mean, they're
1: okay. you know, and for for all we know, let's just, it could just be a Federation colony, and that
0: yeah, they're yeah. all
1: they're all cosplayer Renfair types. And so they have yeah, a,
0: Renf- yeah, the Renfest ship, the ship of Renfest, basically. The ship right? of
1: Renfest. That that yeah. sounds like it could be a great episode name. I'm going to make a note of it. Keep talking, please. Okay.
0: So the his mother, the queen of these people is trying to get him to assume his rightful place as the next king, the next ruler. But to do this, he has to have sex. And of course he's not doing that. He has been a virgin for his whole life and he plans to be a virgin for the rest of his life. They trick him. He almost does the deed but uh the ensign with the Bionic eye that I can never remember the name of M- Rutherford Rutherford that's it's, it. Rutherford. it's
1: so bad. We should be doing better, rich, my guy. I know I know boom, I know it's terrible. Oh. It's okay. It's okay.
0: We, we suck. so uh, we do suck. Uh, so uh Rutherford stops him uh precotus and uh and then and then everything goes back to normal, I guess that that's that's basically it. And it's, of course, filled with, filled with jokes and, and uh, w- which to me, they just don't land, but uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe for some people it'll work. It's just, it's, it's, it's just not working for me, man. It just not. Working. I mean,
1: it's, it's entire, it's entirely possible. It does land for some, this was an improvement for me um, yeah. because yeah. there have been some bad, just Oh, abominations of episodes in this yeah. season. That you know, I'll never get past the Mugato thing. I'm sorry that yeah, that's a that's a stain that can't really be erased <laughs> uh, in a way. The Mugato, that just uh, uh you know, Look and what for you've f- done
0: to Roddenberry,
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Show, show me where show me where lower decks hurt you, um, and you know for for the fact that you know both you and Aaron were trying to watch with your kids, and yeah. uh, and it's just. You know, and again, I don't. I don't. I'm not coming from that perspective. But Rip. for you guys, I I feel what you're feeling, and it's yeah. tainted. It's tainted it for me too. And you know, all, the the bleeped out language, it just seems very inappropriate because Starfleet <laughs> people just don't. People, Starfleet people just, especially of this era, you know. Yeah. So let's let's say that the occasional f bomb gets dropped on. Discovery because maybe people were a little more vulgar back then. I don't right. know. And then somewhere between Discovery and, and TOS people decided to clean up their language.
0: Who knows? And then they decided to regress for Picard because there's a lot of F-bombs in uh, Picard right. as well.
1: Well, but I was going to say the the F-bombs that I heard in Picard came from older people, so maybe old people at oh. some point just stopped caring about decorum, and I don't know. <laughs> or it's just really that one Admiral. I don't know if anybody else was dropping F-bombs besides that one Admiral in Picard. I don't know.
0: Oh no, what, what's her name? The... Um his uh his first officer Oh, Raffi? Rafi, yeah. She drops an F-bomb at one point. Oh, so. okay. Alright, I believe you. If I'm forgetting, I'm
1: forgetting, but yeah. uh, but regardless, yeah, anyway. I just I don't know why that bothers me so much, because it just seems unnecessary, and then you know, I've got you in my head saying, ah, it's Star Trek Family Guy, and you're not you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, But at, at least it was a tilt in the right direction. But yeah, I mean, but you know, when I share, because I, I always share from Trek Movie, which is kind of my preferred news source for Star Trek stuff, mm-hmm. when I share their review, as you scroll all the way down to the bottom, their last section is laugh lines like saying things that were supposed to make you laugh yeah. and uh, i'm with you i've been you know boimler says you've been boimed you've why am i laughing boimed. what you see you kind of you chuckled at that but you did it quasi ironically and i respect that yeah. because it's just not really yeah it, it's just yeah their 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 list of laugh lines
0: just didn't didn't really blow me away so uh it, Go ahead, please. Well, so, so the thing that got me, la- that made me kind of chuckle, like under my breath, again, not not like, yeah, just the tiniest bit, like like the last episode, right, where I, where the uh, the janitor was like, oh, this is how I die. I thought to myself, right. okay, that's funny, right? This episode, <laughs> when they when they put away the evil computer. He's in a wall of evil mono- megalomaniacal computers, and it's labeled as such. And then they're right. all talking about how they're the evilest and how they're going to win. And I, I was like, okay, that's kind of amusing. Oh, well, they did it. They found yeah. something. I'm, yeah. I'm glad. So two episodes in a row now, something that's kind of amusing hit with me. This one wasn't as bad, I think, as others. But, I mean... And I, w- I want to make it clear, I'm not like anti-animation. I love, oh, The Simpsons. Not. Oh, I, mean, I, know I love that. The Simpsons. I like the first few episodes or first few seasons of Family Guy before Same. it got wrote and boring. Same. Um, I love Rick and Morty. I love South Park. This. I don't think. I think the problem is where where Family Guy and Star Trek cross for me isn't. It does. I don't think. I don't think that peanut butter needs to be in my chocolate. Do you know what I mean? I, that's an expression i use a lot myself so i yeah. absolutely know what you mean
1: yeah so. um so that being said and i don't want to open a whole nother can of worms but <laughs> with seth mcfarland being a starring character where do you sit with the orville which is also coming back this week
0: i watched the first three episodes of the orville first season yeah yeah, and I couldn't watch anymore. I couldn't watch anymore. Yeah, I, just, I, just total click. Yeah. Seth, Seth MacFarlane has turned me off so much with his mm-hmm. his snarky BS. I mean, I saw that yeah. a million ways to die in the web. Oh. He plays the same character. In I know. Literally everything. It's the same character. And, 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 that- and I, I can't deal with that. And I think you and I had a similar
1: conversation about free guy because of your disdain of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. He's just he's the just same kind of, character. Right. Right. And that is, you know, that is, that is, I, I won't say it's an issue for you, but that is, a, that, that is a, it is. that is a, that is a, that is one of the four horsemen of your, which is funny. I read a divorce book when I got divorced many years ago talking about, <laughs> no, talking about the four horsemen of your marriage, like things that are immutable. They're like, it's like a foundation yeah. of thing of things that, that really can't be changed. And oh, for I got you, you. Okay. I, for you, I would say one of the four horsemen of how you imbue entertainment is having an actor that can't act. Right. They just do one thing. They're
0: not an actor then. That's not right. an actor. Exactly, so it's a That's Will a Smith. It's yeah. a Will Smith. It's a well. Now Will know. Smith can act. Will Smith has range. Will Smith has done stuff like Six Degrees of Separation. He's and done the, stuff the, like Seven. The,
1: yeah, the the in the,
0: the Happiness movie.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Will Smith's a bad example, but what a great example is Adam Sandler. No Adam wait, Adam Sandler
0: is uh, kind of half and half. Yeah,
1: you're right because he he has broken out. But there there was one yeah. that was on the tip of my tongue, uh, Vin Diesel or anybody oh, in those not, Fast yeah. and Furious movies. See, see, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you just can't take somebody who's like now i'm vin diesel and i'm in the chronicles of Riddick. now i'm vin diesel and i'm in fast and furious one through eight million or however many of those are going to end up making. yeah
0: which so. is ironic that's ironic for me because when it comes to like 80s action movies like i like my schwarzenegger i like yeah my oh yeah yeah you know, i like my bruce willis and we don't blink but, we don't blink yeah but they all play the same character but then again that is a time and i call it before I was enlightened right before i studied film like in the before in time. college right in the before time Right before I studied film and before I before I became an actor myself, those that's not acting. That's just a shtick, right? Right. I- which which fine that that's what you want to do that's great but don't call them a great actor i hear people call ryan reynolds a great actor all the time he's not a great yeah. actor. he's got the same stick that he's been playing since van wilder yeah.
1: right I, you're right i'm not i'm not even going to take it to that level because that yeah. would be foolish he's not a great actor he's just no.
0: you're right he, he's a guy doing some stuff right now i've seen him in one movie where he actually acted he where he actually did something other than his van wilder stick and it's called buried have you ever seen that movie I know of it, but I have not seen it. It is basically a one-man show, and he brings it in that. Good. So he he's really ca- brings it. so in, in the final analysis, he's capable, but he's lazy. He's capable, but maybe only in certain situations. I don't know. Okay. Maybe he doesn't have people. He doesn't have a director. I mean, he he surrounds himself with people who are like, yeah, do the Van Wilder shtick, right? Right. Instead of surrounding himself with people that challenge him and make him move forward, Where like Adam George, Sandler, like like George like George Lucas. Like George Lucas, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, George Lucas Untethered is someone that is not a good filmmaker. George Lucas with with people that say, "No, George, look, you can't do it like this." Let me let me give you some advice. And people that he'll listen to, people that he'll trust. Right, George Lucas can be a great filmmaker. But, right, exactly, um, correct. I mean, look my at what goodness. he did with THX eleven thirty eight when he was under the tutelage of Francis Ford Coppola. You know, right,
1: exactly. So so, so he he's got the talent, but he needs focus so right wow we have um we've really boy we've, we've really talked a lot about this this is crazy um, We have derailed my friend derailed and, uh, I, I would almost <laughs> I, you know what i would say we haven't i'd say we've really gone in a great direction but yeah, yep. um but we've not even gotten to the serious meat of the show which is segment three yep. um w- which again i'm gonna have to let you drive because this was your pick and it's a great one um yep. and i think it's even greater coming from the perspective that you are not someone who is steeped in the show you've seen you've seen a handful of segments um yep. largely because of our association, your association with the fan club, yep. um, so I'm gonna. Let you, uh, so I think that that's even more significant. As to me, who I've seen this, I saw this episode when it aired, and I've watched it, you know, a dozen times in the years in between. So I'm gonna let sure.
0: you 100% drive this deal. So please take it away. Perfect. Okay. So the, the first of all, the way that I picked this was I went and I looked at like what's what's the what are the best episodes of DS9, and this mm-hmm. one came up on almost every list that I read. Almost every list this episode. is called Far Beyond the Stars. And basically, here. well, here's the, here's the, oh, is this from Memory Alpha? Is that yeah, I did. I, I gave you a link okay. and then the top paragraph is the top, is the summary from Memory Perfect. Alpha. Perfect. Okay. So, uh, experience a vision, or experiencing a vision from the prophets, Sisko sees himself as Benny Russell, a science fiction writer in the 1950s who struggles with civil rights and inequality when he writes the story of Captain Benjamin Sisko, a black commander of a futuristic space station. So- one of the reasons that I picked this is because a lot of this hasn't changed, right? The the idea that institutional racism is still out there, right? Mm. And and ironically enough, right, this episode was written by white writers. Right. Which which again, I think we talked about this on another episode, and I can't remember which one it was, where They stop just short of really driving home the message, really driving home the ideals that they're trying to, you know, prop prop up, but like push to the forefront with with this episode, which is, you know, diversity, which is acceptance, which is, you know, well, all those things. Right. I think it belies the inadequacies of the series itself by by making an episode like this with white writers. If you want this story to be told, get black writers in there. Let these writers tell the story from their perspective. Now, I don't know how much uh, Avery, Avery uh, Brooks had to do with the storyline, but he did direct it. So right, there is some right. of that, right? So there is some of his b- personal experience in this, mm-hmm. I'm sure, right? But we see things like, the white cops attitude towards people right. who look different, right? Right, correct. Well, that to me speaks to what what we're seeing even today. Now I pulled up a story here on Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Oh I closed the window. Right, uh, right. There's a town in there's a town in Virginia right now where they have Afghan refugees being settled, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have a group of people in this town who are already spreading rumors, spreading uh, lies about these refugees and v- and making them to be the bad guy right off the bat, just straight away. They don't even know these people, right? This is kind of what's happening with these these white officers. They assume that because Benny is a black man, that he is up to no good. Mm-hmm. They don't believe that he could be writing for whatever, right? Right, exactly. R- writing for that magazine, he—you he, see that too in like there's there's this marginal acceptance, this barely, uh, barely surface acceptance of black people in the 1950s and even today, right? Right, because now we've got you know you look at you look at the baseball player I can't remember his name, Michael Dorn's character. Oh, yeah.
1: The, That was going to be my first example too, and I was struggling with that. What do you got? What do you got? No, I mean
0: he says. I I,
1: I, even just trying to remember the the name of the character, but it was the same thing. Local celebrity in Harlem, and he says, "Oh, you got enough money? Why don't you move down there?" He says, "Are you?" He says, "You know, shoot or shit." I think he wanted to say shit. He says, "He says they can barely stand sitting on the bench next to me, much less me living with them up here. I'm a superstar. Down there, I'm just." a colored boy playing softball or or playing baseball or whatever it is that he says. Right. Um, Because you're right. God, almost a hundred years after uh, the slaves were freed at the end of civil war, this is the civil war. This is absolutely where we were. And then you want to look at the fact that this is set, Almost seventy years ago, and Mm -hmm. how far? How far? How how far have we come? And not damn near far enough. There's. Well, I mean, think
0: about it. it. Think about it this way: like Benny. Benny, at one point, you know, at the end, you know, he's 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 become angered, and he is speaking up, and -hmm. they're telling him this is not the right way. This isn't good. You don't do it this way, right? This is the same thing that. You know, white people were telling black people about kneeling during the national anthem. You can protest, right. but don't protest this way. You can protest, right. but don't go out in the streets. You can protest, but don't surround the courthouse. Look, you've been telling people what to do for so long. Eventually this is gonna boil over, right? Right. And Benny says it best. He says something that like he says that he's been quiet for so long and it's never done him a damn he's never done a damn thing for him. Right. And he's right. He's right. The, uh, so I mean, between that and and Michael Dorn's baseball player character, I wish I could remember his name. I can't remember his I, name. I, I, I it up, I, it's going to take a no, while. No, no, you
1: talk and I'll look it up. Just so okay. we're both satisfied. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah, sure, that works. He
0: he represents black athletes today, even mm-hmm, big because town. if you look at it like like LeBron James, right? He's a, he is a polarizing figure, right? Either you love him or you hate him. Either you think he's the greatest or you think that he's you know second you know, second fiddle to uh, to um Michael Jordan, right? But he's accepted as a basketball player, but when it comes to anything else, people scorn him. His political beliefs, people scorn him when he speaks up for something, people scorn him. White people, I might add, not a lot of people that aren't white that are doing that. I think what's happening here is I think I think white people are starting to feel at least at least conservative white people are starting to feel the 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 tenuous grip at best coming apart a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Where there are going to be, there is going to be equality at some point, I hope, but they're holding on so long. And I think Aaron said it best a while ago that, you know, it's not going to stop until that generation is dead and gone.
1: Uh, Sadly so. By the way, just as a a quick interjection, character known as Willie Hawkins. Willie uh, Hawkins, yeah. And the quote that I kind
0: of mangled was just another colored man that can hit a curveball. There it is. Yeah, can hit a curveball. Now, did you notice? uh, Okay, so now, again, I haven't seen a lot of DS9. I'm just going to fanboy here for a second. Brock Peters. Brock Peters was in this. Darth Vader himself. Brock Peters. Darth Vader himself. When was he Darth Vader? Come on. You know. You got to know. You don't know?
1: Uh, Empire Strikes Back radio play?
0: Yes, actually, all three of the radio plays. Yep.
1: Okay, good. I, honest to God, listened to one of those on the old radio set in the house I grew up in in Gross Point, Michigan. I Beautiful. remember turning that on. Um, no, Brock Peters uh, is Joseph Cisco, Ben Cisco's right. dad, who we see in a number of episodes. Also, Admiral uh, Cartwright of, from, and know, also later, Admiral yeah. Cartwright. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of ups and downs. The, the, the late Brock Peters, great actor, and, yeah. and lo- loved all loved his contributions to, uh, to Star Trek. But yeah, this had a great cavalcade of bringing in. Uh, all of the regular characters in various roles, some of which are very mm-hmm. much uh, caricatures like, you know, Armin Shimmerman's character was very much a, a Jewish caricature of the time. Right. Uh, you right. know, uh, 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 Rene Auberjonois character was very much a caricature of that type of individual at that yeah. time in history, though. I can't, I can't really pin it down if that was a racial or ethnic or just the fact that he was a cranky old white guy. He, I'm was, not a, sure. he was
0: the cranky old white guy who just didn't, he didn't want to stand up for anything. Right. Exactly. He didn't, he didn't feel very good about what he did, but his response to it was to get angry. His response was to, you know, to, you know, just piss all over Benny basically.
1: Right. Well, and he said it best. He says, you know, take your story or, you know, blah, 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 this, this, that, or put it in a drawer for 50 years or however long it takes for the human race to become colorblind. So basically, you know, this, this is not my fault. I can't do anything about it. It's just the way it is, which I believe is an exact line that he says. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. I'm not the one to take a stand. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm an old guy. I'm in the twilight of my career. This is a right. d- rinky dinky little magazine. I just, this is, this is not worth me losing my job or upending anything over. It's of me, you know, upsetting the apple cart. It, it's yeah. not me. It's not, and, it was a hashtag. It's not me.
0: Right. Exactly. And, her, and, and, uh, Armin Schimmerman's character calls him out and calls him a coward, which is true.
1: Absolutely. If
0: you don't, if you don't pick a side, you're siding with the oppressors, guys. I hate to break it to you. If you don't pick a side, you are siding with the oppressors. Right. Exactly. That's just just the truth.
1: Well, and you, and you said it early on in our episode, when you were just talking about, you you know, you and you and Jen and COVID, you, you guys are do everything you can to be part of the Mm -hmm. solution, not the problem. It's,
0: it's, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. The one other thing that really hit me hard in this was Jimmy's death and the, Resulting beating of Benny,
1: right? Well, Benny did nothing, but yeah, he just he popped his cap, and then the cops were like, well, "Let's just let's just beat the crap out of him because now mm-hmm. we have an excuse because it's what we've always wanted to do
0: since we bumped into this guy the other day." Well, they murdered you know two, I mean? they murdered two black men for no reason, right? And they're right. Wa- it- they'll walk. Of course, begin in, within the confines of you know their 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 character universe, you know, yes, universe exactly. or whatever they'll walk. Because right. number one, it's 1950s. Although it didn't, it wouldn't matter if it was 1950s or 2018, right? It's they'd still walk. They murdered two black guys for nothing. He had a weapon. He had a he had a crowbar. He was trying to break into a, into a car, oh, right? And exactly. that does not merit a death sentence, right? Right. And exactly. then, well, they didn't murder two. They murdered one and beat up the other, right? And then they beat the crap out of Benny for trying to intervene, trying to point out that you know that what they were doing was wrong. You know this is this is the this is the way with any kind of fascist you know uh, uh, state or or you know marginally fascist state. If you want to if you want to make the argument, they will beat down whoever they need to beat down. To maintain control. Look at the protesters. Look at the protesters that were in D.C. when Trump <laughs> wanted to take his uh, take his his photo op, right? With his right. Bible, right? Right. Put, they yeah, tear gassed all those people. Just right. to get him out of the way so he can hold an upside down Bible that's in right. front of a church. Yep. That's right. I mean, that's, and it, so it's still going on. It's still happening. Oh, yeah. All of this, all of this talk hundreds of years of oppression uh, uh, you know a hundred so on years of quote unquote freedom because it's not freedom right right they, yeah, they... Fr- freedom isn't freedom if it's not free yeah basically yeah so yeah I mean this was it this was an episode that that angered me that that challenged me it's an episode that made me hopeful in a, in a little way uh, because at one point uh, Benny says you can't destroy an idea. You can, you can, you can kill me, but you can't kill the movement basically is what he's right. saying Can and silence me, but you cannot
1: silence Benjamin Sisko.
0: That's right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so. I, I think the only drawback is to have this written by white people you needed to have. And when was this released? What was this? 1997. Uh, oh my 97. god. I, us- I
1: usually know these by the rote. Uh aired week of No, February 1998. That was 98, the okay. That was a month I turned 22. Oh, uh so I so I was in that's college. That's Black History months,
0: Month yeah. too. That's Black
1: wow. History. I wonder which if again planned that. which huh. again back, back which again back in the 90s you certainly didn't hear much about that the way Mm -hmm. that you do today you know in in this day and age february is rightfully celebrated uh heartily for that exact same thing um Mm -hmm. but back in the 90s that's not something i remember
0: no and now we and now we have more exposure to like juneteenth and stuff like that. right i I mean i
1: mean juneteenth for my you know dumb white butt i didn't know anything about it until i heard about it in an episode of blackish which is a show that my wife and i watch every week that it's on i had no idea and then i had to go back and research it and get educated and it's very important stuff that again not taught in history books, and yeah. it's for all the
0: reasons that you just talked about. Yeah, I mean, for every for every step ahead that Black folks get, they will find other ways to keep them down. I mean, look at the, right. look at the look at the changes to voting uh, uh, voting laws <laughs> that are happening yeah. in the Southern states. Right. It, it, it's it's going to keep happening until we, as a people, as a human race, do something about it.
1: Well, and ag- and again, you know. Um, People dying off is what helps things improve marginally generation to generation so that that next generation doesn't teach or you get a different generation of people who decide to think for themselves. mm -hmm. And then, but it is such a painfully long process. Again, we're going from 1865 when slavery is abolished to the 1950s where this story is set, which Mm -hmm. is still five to 10 years before the civil rights movement to today when we've had, you know... Riots in the Capitol and we've had, uh, you know, uh, the slaying of. Uh, of I'm going to Trayvon Martin, right? There in there in Minneapolis, was that that was his name, correct? George Floyd. George Floyd, who was Trayvon Martin, was the kid who got shot a few years ago, years earlier, for, by a cop. In Florida for just wearing a hoodie. I apologize Mm -hmm. for screwing that up. Um, But yeah, we're still seeing that kind of thing. And justice is justice being served in a lot of ways. I won't say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't it doesn't bring people back from the dead Mm -hmm. that had no business dying or being essentially being murdered.
0: Um, So George Floyd George Floyd was murdered over an an assumed intentional passing of a counterfeit note. That's why he was murdered. Murdered. Yep. for for
1: a non-violent perceived crime yeah, it's exactly. It's 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 absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. All, all, yeah, all we can do is, and, and I think Rich, uh, f- from the the jump in this episode, you you put uh, you put a, a light on it. Is be a part of the solution, not the problem. Just yeah. I mean, just try to not be a pos every day and treat <laughs> you no, know, and just and treat people well and yeah. try to you know if you have children, try to educate them. But just be a good human being, mm-hmm. um, and 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 do what you can to get involved if you have an opportunity to be involved.
0: Absolutely, I mean th- this requires us to be helpful and not hindering you know yeah if if black people are ever going to get anywhere they need people like you and me to use our privilege Mm -hmm. to help facilitate that right one way or the other exactly correct this is this is this is a very close topic for me so i hear you no i know and you know what rich you
1: spoke about it Beautifully. I'm really, glad, I'm really glad you picked this. And I think we, we had an, a, an amazing discussion about it. I think this has, been, this has been one of the best episodes we've done. So thank you very much.
0: Yeah, man. thanks thank for letting very, me pick thank,
1: that. Yeah, no, thank you very much for doing it. So with that, we do have to bring this to
0: a close. So Rich, do what you do and take us the heck out of here. All right. For more information about Starfleet International, please visit the USS Grand Petoskey or Region 13 on Facebook.
1: Uh, and with that, I'm going to tell you, as always, friends, uh, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you
0: that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking. And be a part of the solution, not part of the problem, guys. Code 47 is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for our great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to be part of the conversation, visit our new Discord server, or join us on Facebook, or follow us at Secret SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends on YouTube, and don't forget to visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.